Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Heroes of Chain podcast from Epic Mission. This is Jeremy Turner, founder and managing director of Epic Mission, and I'll be your host. Here on the podcast, we are highlighting the trials, victories, and applied wisdom of our community change agents, unsung heroes, and those who empower them to be the change across Appalachia and beyond. We seek to inspire and equip everyday heroes just like you to take on our greatest challenges because together we are the change. And for today, I'm really, really happy and thrilled and ecstatic to welcome my friend Carl Lee to the show. All right, before we get to him, I want to read just a little snippet about Carl. Carl is a West Virginia native and resident, former South Charleston High School football star, Marshall University standout, and Minnesota Viking top 50 player. With 12 years playing in the NFL and 10 years as a head football coach, Carl has a strong desire to assist in guiding our West Virginia youth down the proper path to success through his new organization, Legends Building Legends. LBL is a collaborative effort between Carl and NFL Hall of Famer, Marshall football great and fellow West Virginian Randy Moss, and is a community-based initiative led by those who have already overcome the challenges along the journey to success, leveraging the power of sports to connect people and train up the next generation of community legends. Awesome stuff. Thankfully, I'm a little familiar with, with what's going on there. But uh, Carl, everybody's got a bio. Uh, so take a minute and tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, what would you like us to know about you and the work that you're doing that goes beyond what I just read there? Well, let, let me start by kind of as you talk about everybody has a story behind the bio. You know, um, you know when people look at 12 years, um, 50 greatest and the Pro Bowls and all those kind of things, what they, what they really don't know um, you know, I was, I was the guy that everybody said wouldn't, wouldn't get there, mm-hmm. more or less even have a chance to make it and or play. Um, I was, I was almost cut um, in my rookie season um, because a young man by the name of Melvin Brown hurt his knee. And that was the only reason that I actually made the roster, the initial roster for the Vikings. Um, then after that, um, what they used to call move week is when guys come off of uh, injury reserve, they have to make room on the roster. So it's it's Friday practice, um, third game, going into the fourth game of the season, and my defensive back coach walks by me and says, hey, we're probably going to cut you on Monday if you don't play well in the game. <laughs> and, um, so I was like, my, obviously the first question is, am I going to play? At that point, I had not even been on the field. And he said, I, I don't control that. So um, my my fate was kind of sealed at that point. Um, the very first kickoff of the game, um, my, the guy that I backed up on special teams, uh, kick cover and punt cover, um, tours Achilles from bone. And I ended up playing the rest of the game and had like four or five solo tackles. And Bud Grant was a big guy on special teams. So I ended up making it. Along with that, my third season, um, I actually got cut for uh, four days. I was on my way to, to Pittsburgh when the cornerback who they kept for me uh, instead of me uh, had a really, really bad play on a screen. He just kind of ducked out of it. And that, at that point, Pete Carroll is now the defensive back coach. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and he and Pete just simply asked him, you know, why did he – you know, why did he turn down the play? And he says, well, it's preseason. I didn't want to get hurt. 
And that's probably wasn't the best answer. And they end up cutting him. I, they contact me on Sunday. I sign on Monday and I start on, um, on Sunday, uh, the fall, that following Sunday. And then that's where my career goes. So that bio, you know, if someone thinks it's impressive or it's pretty good, the truth behind that is it took a lot of different things. And what I say to people about that when I tell that story is it, are you, are you ready? You know, are you ready when the opportunity comes? Because a lot of times you, you give up, you think that you're not going to make it. You don't have the confidence to stay prepared. And if you don't, you know, if I wasn't ready each opportunity to get into play, um, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to make it, you know, I, my bio does not read like that. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's the story behind the bio for me. So how much of success do you think is, is mental and how much is, is physical, whether it's the NFL or, or, you know, something else? I, I think, it, I think it's, I think it's mental. Um, I, I'd say, you know, there's, there's a ton of mental sides of it that you have to believe you can't, you know, one of the things that, you know, you can, and I use arrogance as a, as a, not as a negative word, but there's a certain amount of arrogance. I've got to be able to look at you, assess you and try to figure out whether or not, you know, I'm as good as you, or I, I or I got to, how do I need to outwork you? Mm -hmm. And I got to be able to believe in my head that I can do that. So whatever your work ethic is, I got to top that. Um, so to me, that's the, that's the mindset that the, that mindset, mindset, the mental piece pulls in the physical piece. You know, you got to put in the work, you know, when you, when you start talking about being the best person at, at a high school, you know, um, there's a, there's a billion high schools across the country. So the, being the best high school athlete in your, in, at your school or in the county or in the state, that's not big enough that, that you haven't accomplished nothing yet, you know, and sometimes we have a, we use the negative side of arrogance and think, oh, because I'm the best kid in the school. Um, that means something. I wasn't the best player on any of my youth football teams. I was not the best player in middle school or junior high back in the day. I wasn't the best player in high school. Um, and I wasn't the best player in, in, in college as a, but by the time I was out of all of those, by the time it was time to leave and go to the next step, I was prepared to make that next jump. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you, you and I have had, had a lot of opportunity to talk about things, right, and, and people in your life. Um, Sonny Randall uh, is a name that some people listening to this may may know. You want to talk about Sonny and, and the role that he played in your development? Yeah, and I'll give a little bit of background uh, on, on, on Sonny Randall, and then I'll go into the impact that he had on me. Sonny Randall was an was a NFL player, wide receiver, um, played for St. Louis Cardinals, um, which is, which tells you how far back that goes. Um, but it took – he played in the 60s. It took Jerry Rice to break his receiving records. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people will know that name. So that's how impressive his stats were. He was also – he was the coach for um, the Eastern, Car Eastern Carolina, the team that Marshall played – prior to the plane crash. He was on the, he was on the opposing sideline um, the night of, uh, of, of the plane crash at Marshall. Um, 
when he came to I, he when he came to Marshall, he was my second visit to Marshall. I had taken the first visit and I wasn't impressed. I was like, no, I'm not coming here. And then 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 Sonny came in a week later and brought me back. Um, supposedly I was his first recruit. Um, he he clearly had done some research on me because he knew one of the first things he said to me was, okay, so I hear that you have these dreams about playing in the NFL. And for me, I was my mom always taught me you have to you have to be able to say it if you're going to believe it. And so I always would talk about I wanted to play in the NFL. So every it was pretty notable. I didn't know he knew it. And one of the things and he became the first person to give me any kind of other than my mom and my dad and you know maybe my my family and I don't know even how my brothers and sisters thought about it but um he was the first person outside of you know my my blood family to to make the case like I could do it you know he said to me he said he said well son here's what I'll tell you if you come here if you're good enough I'll at least get you a tryout that's all. That was that was like that was like a, such a guarantee to me, you know, you know, because I felt like okay, I'm gonna get good enough. I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna work, and you know, we won maybe eight games or so over my four years, but when I came in, and and again, my confidence and could come off extremely arrogant. I guess that sometimes I wasn't running around saying, oh, I'm so good, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna play in the NFL. I was just saying I was gonna play in the NFL. And I guess when you when somebody says that and you're saying that at Marshall University and you're not winning, you know, very many games, people like look at you like, what's he even talking about? But I had a, you know, I didn't I didn't start until the third game of the season, but I ended up having a really good freshman year, and you know, you know, was player of the you know freshman of the year on the team and all these kind of different awards and stuff, and I was super excited. So I was thinking like, when I go into the coaches meeting after the season, he's going to be telling me all this good stuff, and so I, so you know, I couldn't wait to get there. So I walk in, I sit down, and he's sitting there, and uh, he he's this he he had this you know he had this real imposing like like he just seemed like so like powerful in the seat you know, and he so he looks at me and he says, so how many guys do you think on this football team is will will play on Sunday? And you know you you don't want to like. Like, like, you know, you don't want to say nobody, but I was like, well, I don't know, maybe, a, you know, that, you know, maybe two or three. He says, how many guys in the conference that you, that we played against, do, do you think will make it? I was like, ah, you know, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 10 or so. I don't know. He said, well, let me just help you. He said, there's probably not going to be very many. And if you think that you've done enough to play on Sunday, this year, just because, you know, you, you got a few awards or something like that. He says, you're not, you haven't done it. You're not good enough yet. And I'm like, thinking, well, 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 what's good enough, you know? And, and he did that to me all three years. He, every single year, he would always remind me that how, you know, oh, so you're all conference and you're all this. That means nothing. There's a ton of guys who've been all conference out of Marshall and, and, and they're, and they're home. They're sitting at home. And I, and I couldn't understand like why he, you know, why he kept 
downing me. I got beat for one touchdown in my senior year. Yeah, um, and it was East Tennessee State. And it was toward the I'm, you know, I'm kind on my way, Jeremy. And, and then he literally meets me at the hash mark after I get beat. I get beat on the opposite end of, of the field. And he literally meets me at the hash mark and telling me, son, that it. You're, that's it. You blew it. You, you'll never make it. And I'm like, I, in my head, I'm not saying it back to him, but in my head, I'm like, it's the first touchdown all year. It's the first touchdown I've given up all year. So then I was so petrified to go in to see him in the meeting because I'm like thinking, so the scouts and none of that stuff even matters now because of that touchdown is going to be it. And he told me, he said, he said, well, son, let me just tell you this. Not only are you going to make it, you're going to be good at it. Mm. And I, I didn't like, I didn't really even know what to say, but those words meant so much to me and inspired me to put in all of the work that I put in. And I mean, I put in a lot of work because I, I didn't want to let him down. Mm. And, I, and, I, and, he, and, and I understood exactly at that point what he had done. It sounds he like refused. he was keeping you hungry and humble. Yes, right? absolutely. Because he had likely seen enough of the superstars who were superstars in their own head and let that get to them. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, so, you know, he was obviously an inspiration for you, um, you know, for a long time. But, you know, growing up, before you met Sonny, for example, who inspired you? And, you know, where do you find your inspiration nowadays? Robert Alexander was, was the guy. You know, he, he, was, he was – I was a freshman. He was a senior in high school. So I trailed him through youth sports, through junior high, through high school – and he was, you know, being the, the best back in the nation coming out of high school, um, saw all some of the top, most notable coaches come to South Charleston High School to, to talk to him, to see him. He, you know, he was the guy who taught me how to train and the, the, the relevance of training. He used to ride his bike to Canal City from Spring Hill, which is on the west side of South Charleston that used to kind of, we used to call it Spring Hill in South Charleston, but now it's just South Charleston, but over beyond Thomas Hospital and all that kind of stuff on that end. And uh, he used to ride his bike to Canal City. So the first thing I wanted to do was get a bike and ride to Canal City, you know, because that, I, I, you know, anything that he, he would do, I wanted to do. So he taught me about training. He taught me not to drink. He taught me not to smoke. He used to tell me all these kind of things. And Life changed on him. He had some very difficult times from ended up going to WVU and having some issues around, you know, drugs and all that kind of stuff and injuries and, and all of that. Um, and we've had lots and lots of conversations since um, since that. And one of the conversations that I had with him um, was, you know, that, he, you know, all the things that he told me, I appreciated him. And, and I know that his life was tough. His dad passed away and, 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 and being in WVU and getting, you know, getting hurt, all those things happening in one time. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say I understand why that happened, but be, but I, I see what happened and, and what, what his reasonings were. But I was disappointed in him because, and I told him, I was disappointed because you, you made me, you helped make me the player I was. And you never got, I never got a chance to be on the field with you and be even, you know, I had, I deserve the right to tackle you. I deserve the right 
for you to run over me I, because I wanted the opportunity to show you what you did. You know, I wanted that opportunity and you didn't give it to me. Um, and, and so, and, and people, you know, people don't understand why I still praise him because, you know, they say, if you can touch one person, you've done something great. Um, so for that one person, if I'm the only person that he touched, I appreciate it. And he did something well for me. He did something that changed my life. And he, and I, and I owe him that praise in spite of his faults. So seeing, uh, seeing how he came before you and, and then seeing how things ended up for him, is that part of what drives you to do what you do now? Yes, because, because again, there's, there's, I wasn't him. I didn't get those coaches coming to see me, you know, and I realized that my success in the in 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 the collegiate or in the in the pro at the pro level was greater than his. But yet he was the best back in the nation coming out of high school. And kids now that aren't the best guy in the country, they can be like me. And but they don't know. They just because because they think the guy that's the number one guy now, the process is that guy will be the number one guy when he goes to college. And then he'll go and go to the pros. It doesn't really work like that. The guy, the kid that's 155 pounds, graduating from high school, reports to Marshall at 164 and leaves there at 188 and plays or 84 and then plays at, at the NFL level at, 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 at 88. That was a nobody. That was just another guy on the team that my defensive back coach in the, in 11th grade says to me, and I, and I love him to death. He was a great coach. He told me he was going to put me at safety until they found somebody, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm the kid who's at youth football, my first year going out for youth football and we're at the first game and I don't have a helmet, you know, and, and I quit, you know, and my dad said, okay, you know, he, he, I guess he was bothered by it too, but he was like, okay, but you'll never quit again. The next year that I came back and, you know, from then on, I, I, I mean, I always played and, and, it, and look where I got. Mm -hmm. So the parents that are going crazy at the kids at youth football, cause they're not playing. I was a guard, you know, I was an offensive guard. <laughs> and you can't, you can't move any further from a guard to a defensive back through the process. It's, it's all about just the lessons. Every, every, every level of sports for me was a lesson. I did the work. I played every single game that we played at Marshall like I wanted to play on Sunday. My role on my football team would have been to be the best player that I could be, that I could be. I don't know if you – on the, as, as the other safety or the other corner or the quarterback or the running back. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know that, oh, we're down 20 to nothing. You're going to shut it down. I don't know that. What I know, though, my role is to, to fulfill my dream. Mm -hmm. You know, and people would transfer and say, I'm going somewhere else. I was playing, and I was playing for a guy who's in the NFL. I'm not leaving. Mm -hmm. 
And he obviously knew what it took to get there. And so yes, I, need, I wanted that lesson. Yes, absolutely. I needed somebody who knew. I wanted to be close. And, and, the, and the problems that we have with parents is they're looking at the now. It doesn't matter what they do now. You know, it's, it's the work that, that, that we can all see. If you're, if, you're trying to, if you're looking at your kid and he's not playing, ask yourself what's the work he's putting in. Mm-hmm. Don't look at who's playing. Right. Just, just look at that work because that work is going to build your bio. Mm-hmm. Not, not the you, things not, that you can control, right? Yes. You control your mindset and your work ethic, and that's it. That's that's all you got. You know, train your mindset was developed, though. I mean, so you, it's like you, um, you know, embrace this this. I'm I'm an underdog mentality, and I don't really care what you think. I'm just going to go do. I'm going to go do my thing. And I'm going to work my tail off. Where do you think that that tough that mental toughness that mindset? How is that cultivated in you? Where did that come from? It, it was really kind of easy. Um, because it came from my mom, um, you know, and, 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 he, and maybe even in part my dad. My dad was tough on me, but, um, he, you know, he, he only, we, we used to sit down after, the day after a game. Not, we, didn't, we didn't address the game on game day or game night or whatever, but the next day we'd sit and have breakfast and we'd talk about specific plays that I missed. And I couldn't understand, like, you know, I could have had, I could have been the player of the week in, in high school and he's still talking about the plays that I missed. I couldn't understand it. It used to make me mad. Because, um, like, but what about these plays? But I look now, I, in hindsight, what I know is I couldn't have, he, what he knew was you can't have those plays. He knows that they're going to happen, but he didn't want me to think about being, you know, the good plays and just thinking that's okay. It's the bad plays that'll keep you out, okay? And then looking at my mom and and my mom, you know, she she used to she used to work at Stone and Thomas in, in Charleston, and she was she used to work the elevators, and and I watched her change her life by all of a sudden deciding she wants to become a police officer, and then she was like, her birthday was like two or three days past the 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 time the date, the final date to be a certain age. And so they denied her an opportunity to go to the, um, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the, the academy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, she fought it. She took it, she took, she took, she took, took it to court and she won it. She went to, she went to the academy. She got out, she passed it. Then when she got out, they put her in some of the more difficult places, you know, um, to make it as hard as they could for, and everybody in those areas embraced her. And she would she would later go on and become our own chief of police in Dunbar. Um, and she always used to tell me. She used to always tell me about you have to be able to say what you want, and you can't let anybody talk you out of it. And she didn't mean to brag about it, but if you want something, if you can't say it out loud, then you don't believe it. And then the fight for it, right? If you feel like yeah, then you have to fight uh, for it. Being dealt with unjustly. Yes, because if I say it, and then all of a sudden you say, "Well, you're you're not gonna make you're not gonna make that." I can't I can't be I can't let you convince me that that's not gonna happen. So, how do these lessons that you've learned about mental toughness and hard work, and you know some of the things you've seen along the way, whether it's 
you know, lessons from your dad, from your mom, from Robert Alexander, from Sonny. How have you taken the, these learnings, these lessons, and then now, because you're obviously not playing in the league anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, do you, how have you taken these lessons and applied them towards what you're doing nowadays? Well, I, 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 I try to push these off on parents and youth sports, you know, through the city. Um, you know, Mayor Mullins does a great job with youth sports here for the city of South Charleston. And, and it's, but it's still difficult to, to try to get, try to get the message across to parents of what, what is, what is right, because it's, it's hard to say what's right for some, for your kid, right? It's, it's, it's not really fair for me to say what's right for your kid. Um, but if you're trying to get them down a path, then you have to have gone down the path. You have to kind of understand what the path requires. And then that's a hard lesson to learn. You know, there are things that you know about the businesses that you have been a part of. You understand the dynamics. You know what it takes every single day. For me to try to just say, oh, I can do what Jeremy does anytime. You know, I can just, I can just walk in and do it, you know, or, or, or try, to, try to critique it without knowing. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. And I think somewhere in this generation, hopefully I'm, I'm going to be able to break through to somebody to some parent, to some kid. Um, and, and part of the Legends Building Legends, and you and I have talked about it because we've been involved with this for a long time and had a lot of conversation. It's not about just a football player trying to get to another football player. It's a teacher trying to get to a future teacher. It's an accountant trying to get to an, a future accountant, a doctor trying to get to a, a future doctor, because those are all legends in our community. Those are all people that are, have a meaningful work to do. They all have an impact on the future success of someone, somebody, certain groups of people. And the, we, we're, we're starting in, in, an, in, in an area that we know. Randy and I feel like sports is what we know. You know, um, we've talked, me and you have talked about the, the, the transition from high school to college, how, how difficult that is and how many parents don't really know. They just think that you just leave high school and go. There's so much paperwork and all those kinds of things that needs to be done that they don't know. And we've talked about how can, how can, how can we get that information out to them? Um, you know, we have, you know, we've been working with Dale Lee, who's the president of the Teachers Association in West Virginia, talking about the tutoring and the understanding of what has to be done and how it has to be done in high school. So we're trying to make this about people who have traveled a path. I don't know. I don't know that path. I, I mean, I went through it, but I don't know it well enough to teach it. I couldn't tell a parent, you know, all of the academic requirements and where you can go for grants and how to 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 do your financial aid. That's that's something that you're an expert in and and working in that area. I want to be able to have that legend. You being able to talk to these parents that they can have a resource to to get in front of. Because if not, you know, those, those, those places, you know, that are out, outside of the city and sometimes inside of the city, they just don't know. Parents don't know. They don't know GPAs. They don't know core classes. They don't know financial aid. They, you know, and you're not supposed to unless it's something that you work. So I'm just trying to link all of the legends in all areas 
to be willing to come in and show that path so that our kids have something to see and something to learn. Well, it's a cool journey you're on. And uh, yeah, I'm thankful to have uh, been on this journey with you. And obviously it's, it's ongoing, right? Yeah. Uh, there's still work to be, to be done. But, you know, let's say that we're at some point in the future and you're looking back. Uh, when will you feel like you've succeeded in this work? What's that going to look and sound like? Um, I, I, I think if, if for those kids who participate in the, in the Kanban this year, if they, if they come back next year, and that 40 times faster, and not just faster because you're older, but faster because you put work in it. If you're, you know, I, th I think that would be good. And for the kid who's struggling academically, but's a good athlete, who all of a sudden has to now realize that there's, you, you, the grades are going to be more important than you think. Mm -hmm. And for the kid who thinks that being cool and tough and hard and all that kind of stuff, that, you know, that would follow some of the notable NFL players who have blown their careers and all that, being that guy is going to be cool and it's okay. If I could see that change, if I could see those changes, that to me is starting, that's the start of people understanding that I need, I need to learn from you how a parent is like, man, I need to get to that guy. I need to talk to him because I've got a kid who really wants to go to college. She wants to be a doctor. Um, and, I, you know, and I don't have any money to, to no money saved up for, for school. How do I get there? You have, an, you have the knowledge to get her there. The dad comes to me and says, hey, I got a son who really wants to play professional football or he wants to play college football or he just wants to be great in high school what do I need to do with him? How do I train him? I can help you with that. You know, that's creating these, these shops, so to speak, these, these little, little neighborhood shops that you can stop by and get some information from. You know, I, I look at Legends Building Legends as that kind of a, um, a one-stop shop of information um, for people who want to be successful and for people who can admit that they don't know, mm -hmm. that they don't know how to get there. You know, there's a high school coach, there's a middle school coach, there's a youth football coach who does not know the process. Mm -hmm. And baking it only hurts the kids. There are parents who don't know how to, go, how to get their kid to college, how to get their kid better. Their kid walks around the house and says, oh, I want to play in the NBA. Um, I want to play in college. And maybe there's just a mom there. And mom, mom wants that for him. But she has no idea how, what the process is, what the path looks like. Where do you even make the left turn to get on? Mm -hmm. She doesn't know. And maybe we can be that place that she can find out. Yeah, well, you know, we're going to see because it, it's happening, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's happening. So, you know, people listen to this, they may, they may hear you talk about, about athletes and, you know, football players and such, but there's obviously there's more to it than football and athletes. Take a minute and talk about people listening to this. Why should they care about uh, the people you're serving and the work that you're doing? 
Well, if, if you're if you're if you're just a person out there, maybe you don't have kids and you don't have um, since like maybe you don't have a connection to this. You know, my mom used to always tell me from whence you've come, you know, so um, always giving back, always reflecting back. And I think being from West Virginia, I think we should all be linked because everybody sees us the same way that, that we're not supposed to be successful. Um, I mean, I can remember being in Minnesota and, you know, guys not even knowing we're Marshall. Anthony Carter used to always give a Marshall update of winning or losing um, on game day at, at the pregame, usually breakfast, um, unless it was an evening game. He'd always call out what, this, what happened with Marshall, you know. Um, so to, with that being said, I think where we have to look is we have to look at West Virginia and we have to look and, and be mindful of what's happening to our youth. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can reach back. We, we have the opportunity to reach back and, and pull, even if it's not our kid, we have an opportunity to bring kids along in a positive path. We can, we can, we can opt out of that and we already see the path that they're going. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's clear what West Virginia is. You know, it's clear that we see what the drugs and, 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 and things like that are doing because there is no other positive, there's no other options for a lot of kids. You know, when you start talking about these outlying areas where there's not a lot of, there's not a downtown, there's not this, there's not that, um, we have to go into those places. Because there are people, there's a doctor in there. There's a lawyer in there. There's a teacher in there. Mm-hmm. There's a dentist in there. And yeah, there's, there's a superstar in there. But they don't know if we don't go. And, and, and we don't have, I mean, you can, you can sit and wait and, wa- and wait for the next star or the next doctor or whatever. You can sit and wait or you can sit and say, because when we've heard this, nothing comes out of there. There's no, you, you don't have to worry about anybody coming out of that school. If you're saying that, then you need to get into that school. Mm-hmm. If you're that successful, if you have the capabilities to say that out of your mouth, then you must be somewhere. You must have gotten somewhere. You must be some form of success because you're, you're judging that. Then, so if you're going to judge that, then maybe you need to go do some fishing. Maybe you need to get in there and throw out some bait and see if you can get somebody out of there. Mm-hmm. Because I think that becomes the problem. Don't say, you know, you know, I can understand somebody outside of West Virginia saying, oh, there's not going to be any great athletes in West Virginia. You know, I was told, I was told that you, I had to be ready to work out anytime because no one's going to stop, make a special trip to Marshall. If they're coming east, then they'll stop on their way through. They're going west. They'll stop on their way through. They're not going to make you a scheduled appointment. You're going to be to see somebody else, right? Yeah, they're going to they're going to be on the way to see somebody else. They're not going to just be there. So, so people on the outside don't see us as being worth coming to see or worthy of. Why would we look at ourselves that way? How do you think growing up in West Virginia, and especially in the town you grew up in West Virginia and the time you grew up, how do you think that's that's shaped you? I mean, you talked a little bit about it just now, but how has that made you who you are? It probably probably everything. 
you know, I mean, it, it, it probably at the core, it's probably, it's probably the very foundation and the roots of everything else that my mom would tell me. Um, because there were so many different things, you know, I can remember South Charleston, um, and some people may say it's still that way, but I can remember South Charleston when it was about whoever was giving money to the school, you know, who's playing. Um, I can remember, you know, in youth football, if, 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 if your dad was coaching, you're probably going to be at the skilled position. And if you didn't matter, I, I, I mean, I can't imagine me ever being looking like a lineman. You know, there's just nothing, um, there's nothing about that. Um, so whoever was the running back and whoever was the quarterback and whoever was a receiver or whatever, I kind of think I could have played maybe that position, you know, um, if maybe there wasn't a dad there. Um, so there were, there were a lot of things, a lot of things said to me, a lot of things that I experienced that could have made me say, well, I'm not, I, I never want to come back there. And we have a lot of athletes that are, that are like that. Um, but my family was here and now I feel like my work is here, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I, I'm in a position, I'm in a job that absolutely gives me the opportunity and the freedom to be able to, to do things around youth and, and to have a chance to do this. I mean, I, I oversee the football program that I played in, in youth football. How cool is that? That, that, I mean, there's just, not, there's just nothing better. There's just nothing better than that. You know, um, it's, 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 it's still challenging. Um, but it's, I mean, it's the, it's, I mean, watching these kids and trying to get them to understand, you know, you don't have to cry. You don't have to worry about this. Just keep playing. Somebody was doing that for me, you know, and now I get to do that, you know, for them. Love it. Yeah. yeah so you know, you've talked a little bit about, uh, the need to pay it forward, right? People have poured into you and you've, you've had certain opportunities in your life that you feel very blessed about. And um, you, you've likely heard me use this, this phrase, hero of change. You know, I, I, I throw it around a lot because it, it's meaningful for me. But when you, when you hear that term, hero of change, what does that mean to you? And why do you think it's so important for everyday people like you and I to stand up and go do stuff? Well, you know, I can, I, you know, the, you know, the toughest part of that is, is the hero because, you know, it's, it, you know, no one, you, me, you know what I'm saying? You, you don't necessarily want, you don't need it or you want the credit for that, but, but, it, but it's, it's something that you hope that someone would say, you know, like I could say that for you, you would say that about me. It's, but we wouldn't say it about ourselves. Yeah. You wouldn't say it about yourself. Right. Um, but, but when you, and you, you, so you connect, you connect so I can connect you as the hero to change, you know, and when I connect you as the hero to the word change, anything after that is all to the good. You know what I'm saying? Because you're changing something. I know who you are. So I, I you know, I know that change. We've talked about the changes that you want to make. We, we're talking about trying to get kids into higher education, to touch it, to experience it, the key, like just the importance of what it does for you in the future. That change is, is, is probably as big as any change that, because again, inside of that, from high school to college, that, I don't care if you put that in sports or, or education or 
just trying to just trying to go because you're supposed to go. If you can, if you create that change, my job gets a whole lot easier. Parents' job to make your life easier. Exactly. I'll do whatever I can, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my mission. It's my new mission. There's going to be parents that are going to be happy because all of a sudden their kid is wants to go to college, and they understand what the process is. So change. To me, in hero and the change, change still remains the biggest piece. Mm -hmm. and, to, and, to, and to hear you talk about how the different types of things that we've talked about, about the way you want to change things to make it simpler, easier, through a process, through an ad. Um, that, makes me, that makes me see the hero in that change. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's hard, and, and again, we just, as you said earlier, we don't want to say that about ourselves. Yeah. But the reality of it, when you hear it, as you hear it that way, and I know that you could probably kick it back on my side, but when you hear it that way, it is hard, it's hard for you to, to kick that out of your head and say, okay, that, yeah, that wouldn't make a hero if I can do all of that, if I can get that done. Mm -hmm. I if can somebody make else did it, they would be a hero, but exactly. where I do it, it's just, we're just doing it. Just what you do. Yeah, that's just what I do. I'm not trying to, I don't need any, pat on the back or whatever, but yes, you do. Mm -hmm. Yes, we would. We would want that. You know what I'm saying? Um, or I'm not saying we would want it, but it's what, it's what to do. Mm -hmm. and, and so when I hear what rings true to me and what's, what's out front of that is the change. I'm looking for the, who's going to be those heroes for that change. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter who the hero is, as so long as they create the change. So long as they can present the change. Well, we've got some change that needs to occur uh, in our world, in our country, in our state. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but as, as I, I, I travel West Virginia a fair amount and, and even out, and outside of West Virginia as well, but you know, I hear in communities, especially where there might be uh, some distress or maybe a loss of hope that everybody's waiting for somebody else. They're waiting for you know, the government or uh, some rich person or you know, somebody else to come and, and make things better. Why do you think it's so important for everyday people like you and I to, to go be the change? Well, I, I, I think, I know for me, because, and, and Randy and I have had a conversation about this. Sometimes you'll hold a title or you'll hold a reputation, good, bad, or indifferent, um, that it, it almost forces you to, to be the guy, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people. Expectations, talk, right? Yes. Yes. I, I think there becomes this expectation that, that, that bruise inside of you. Like I, I watch people train kids and talk to kids about different things and I hear them and I'm sitting there in my head and I'm like, that's not really right. I'm not sure he just said the right thing. Um, or something like it's oh that's way wrong. He's totally wrong. And 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 and, and then not to get involved, you know. I, I, like I don't know how you know. J just on a simplistic side, coaching defensive backs, I didn't. I don't know anything about it specifically, but I I was taught a whole lot about it. 
And there are people who teach defensive backs who know nothing about it. And no one has told them anything about it, which means that they still do not know nothing. Mm-hmm. Then the kid is then forced to play and trying to be great based on just athletic ability. You know, to say don't get beat deep or stay deep, you can't miss that tackle, that is not coaching. Mm-hmm. That is not teaching a defensive back because, yes, you can get beat deep. Yes, you will miss the tackle. How do you back backpedal? How do you open? What are the details of it? When you do get beat, what was the reason that you got beat? Mm-hmm. Those are learn from your mistake, right? Yes, yes, and 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 I mean, I've I've literally tried to to work with high schools and said, hey, I'll, but I want to talk to the parents and I'll train them, but I, I want to train them early in the morning like 5.30 in the morning, because I want the commitment. Right, right. I want the commitment. Yeah, I want them to be committed in. And that's what time I worked out. And so I was willing to get up early in the morning and, and work with the athletes. And I even said, Jeremy, I even said, give me the athlete that you think is great or good, but just isn't working or is in trouble. Because give me that kid and let me, let me try to work with them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I got, I mean, I didn't get any movement on it. No one, no one, I don't even know if the coaches even bothered to talk about it to a parent. Mm-hmm. And what a missed opportunity. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, like, I don't claim to know. I was taught this, but I was taught this from what is arguably one of the best defensive back coaches ever in football. And I have the ability to, to just say what he said to me. Not, it's not me. <laughs> it's not me. I didn't get to a Pro Bowl until he got there. Mm. Until Pete Carroll came to Minnesota, that was my run of defensive back stuff. When I, when I went to State, we had three first-team all-conference defensive backs and one second team of the four that started. That has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. That has all to do with this other guy. Then I'm, all I'm doing is just saying, he says blue, I tell them blue. But it takes a certain amount of humility, though, to, to not let yourself get wrapped up in, you know, a 12-year professional career, uh, Viking top 50, I'm the man, I know this stuff. It takes a certain amount of humility to say, well, you know, yes, I did these things. Here's how I was able to do these things. And here's what I, what's been embedded in me from other people, let me pass that along, right? Rather than saying that you, you were the owner of all knowledge. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I, I, I'm, I'm very comfortable, you know, in giving the credit where it was due. You know, Sonny played me perfectly to, to make me work. And the coaches that I had prior to Sonny Randall, and then I had Tony Dungy as a D coordinator, and then I had Willie Shaw as a, as a defensive back coach after – um, um, after Pete and arguably some of the best defensive back brains in NFL history, mm-hmm. you know, and they, to, to have that luxury, well, there's nothing I knew and there's nothing that I know greater than what they knew and told me. Mm. That's good and what happens is we think 
Sometimes we think once somebody teaches us stuff and we, we walk around, you know, a football field, we know all this information. I only know my information. I only got good, and maybe some people would say great, to make a 50 greatest in, on an NFL team because of the information that I got. Because I didn't start out like that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't playing like that in my earlier years. It took me six, I think my sixth year or seventh year maybe for my first Pro Bowl. So it, it, took, it took somebody to come in who said something to me that made sense to me, and I could understand it, that elevated my game. Mm-hmm. I was perfect for the bump and run, but I, but I didn't know it. Somebody had to tell me that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and I think that, I, and, and so for me, like, I had this information and I had one high school. I had one high school and I talked to several high schools. I had one high school ask me to actually come up, talk with their coaches about it and um, talk to a couple of their cornerbacks about it. Um, and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I've had, you know, pe- I've talked to people, I've talked to coaches but it didn't go anywhere and that's okay, you know, but man, I'm just telling you, some of these athletes are better. I mean, they're better than me when I was at that age. And what if they knew, what if they had the information that somebody gave me, Mm -hmm. I'd love to give it to them, but it's probably going to be different than what the coach is given. And I understand him not wanting that, but is this about me, about you, or is it about the kid? I think that's an that's an important point, and you know we've we've talked about that quite a lot. Is you know, yeah. for um, you know people to get out of the way and stop being the, the obstacle, right? They should be the gateway. You know, I, I could talk to you all day, and I love when we get together, uh, and I, I look forward to getting together again soon. But I don't want to keep you on here all day. I want to I want to move towards wrapping up with just a couple more questions, quick ones. Um, this is your two part question. Okay. What is the legacy you want to leave behind? You know, when, all, when everything's said and done and what advice or words of wisdom would you give to people out there who may be listening, who have an idea or a dream or a calling and maybe they're, they're feeling a little, little scared or maybe a little frustrated. Uh, when they th- or maybe they're they're getting a lot of a lot of pushback from people around them. You know what? So what what's your legacy that you want to leave behind? What advice would you give to people out there who have an idea to go be the change? If 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 I could if I could if I could do to someone if I could create an avenue and a belief to one person that. Robert did for me, or Sonny did for me, or my mom did for me, I would be, it, it would be, it would just be a small fingerprint, but I'd be satisfied with that. Mm-hmm. I'd be satisfied completely with that. If I could just take somebody who had no hope, thought they had no chance, and I'm not saying I didn't have some hope, I had a desire to be it, but, but people to show me that it is doable and it is obtainable. And, I, that would that would be, I would be satisfied. I mean, I could go home, um, literally go home, um, 
in peacefully, knowing that if I just if I could touch that one person and and see them, see them, uh, grace a field, make a play, and then you know, hey man, I'm 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 done. You know, I would have I would have I'd have, I'd be satisfied with that. You know, um, I'm pretty sure that's coming. Well, I'm I'm that I'm hoping, already happened. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, what well, advice would that... you give somebody, though? Uh, so, you know, yeah. people that are listening to this may be someone who's, I have an idea or, or my heart is being pulled towards doing something or, you know, but it's not easy. You and I both know that, that going yeah. and doing something that, that pushes against the grain is not easy. So what advice or, or final words of wisdom might you have for somebody? Don't assume it has to be big. Don't assume that it has to be notable, visible. You know, as an athlete, you know, um, and maybe even in a job like this, being who you are, you know, you, you get notoriety, you get, you know, you get to do the podcast, you get to do media stuff and, and all that. Um, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be that. Don't, don't, don't feel like it's, that you have to jump in at the top. The smallest thing, just touch somebody. Just invest something in something, in somebody, something that, and, and let, even if you can't do it, invest somewhere that's going to help kids to get, ultimately West Virginia kids to get to college, to motivate them to want to be in college. Because if they don't get to college, the chances are, you know, for them to become that entrepreneur that just going to hit it home, just hit a home run, not saying it's impossible because I don't rain on dreams, but there's not going to be a lot of us that's going to do that. A lot of us are going to have to put in some kind of work, some kind of grunt work um, somewhere. So just just get in and help somewhere, you know, just somewhere, anywhere, whatever, whatever piques your interest, whatever sparks it, throw money at it, participate in it, do something. But don't do nothing and then sit around and complain about what somebody is doing. It's good. Uh, I heard a quote once, it's something like, you know, don't wake up every day for, for 80 years um, and, and do, doing nothing and, and call that a life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. Man, it's, it's been uh, been a pleasure spending a bit of time with you. I appreciate it as always. And I'm going to absolutely look forward to catching up with you again. How can, how can people learn more about legends building legends if, uh, if they want to learn more? Well, we, right now we have our Facebook is up now. Um, we have a Facebook account up now uh, with Legends Building Legends. We'll ha- our website will be back active probably by supposedly this this weekend. But give us maybe till Monday and Tuesday, and you'll see things about the uh, um, um, combine coming up May 30th. And that same night, there's a Stars and Stripes um, basketball game with Jason Williams and Randy Moss and a ton of other guys. Uh, we'll have Daryl Talley coming in. Um, that that's also um, on May 30th. That's at the Civic Center. It's seven o'clock. So um, it'll be, it's it'll be out there, and we'll keep posting stuff as we go. Awesome, well, man. Keep grinding. I, I, I will. Appreciate I appreciate you. I know we'll get together again real soon. Okay, so that's all for this episode of the Heroes of Change, Change podcast from Epic Mission. We hope that you've been inspired by something you've heard today, because together we are the change. Join us next time as we dig into the story of another hero of change and learn what they do, how they do it, and most importantly, why they do it.
if you or someone you know has an amazing story and would like to be uh, a guest on the Heroes of Change podcast, you can visit our website at yourepicmission.com uh, slash hero, heroes-of-change-podcast, and you can share your details and we'll see if we can get you on. In the meantime, take care, and we'll see you next time on the Heroes of Change podcast. Thanks so much.